What's up? You are now listening to the Next Level Confident Podcast with Janelle and A. If you are ready to challenge your previous ways of thinking and take action on the bold, purpose-driven life you were created for, you'll want to keep listening. On the show, we will vulnerably discuss finding your purpose in life, strengthening your mindset, building quality relationships, and prioritizing your health. I hope you're as excited as I am. Let's do this. Good morning, you guys. I am sitting here in Richmond, Virginia, which is pretty exciting. Um, my fiance's hometown. And this is my first podcast recording ever, which is really exciting. And it's funny because I keep putting this off. Isn't it funny how sometimes you really want something? And for some reason, even though you really want it, you just keep putting it off. We do this in so many areas of our life. Like we're so excited about an idea, but the actual action steps, um, for some reason we have a harder time taking those actual action steps. So here I am admitting that that is what I have been doing is dragging my feet and not taking action. So here I am, I'm taking action finally. And it's weird because I'm like all alone in this room and I'm nervous, like just getting started, I was like, uh, maybe I'll go do something else. Maybe, maybe there's some other thing I could work on instead. You know, we, we so often busy our lives with all the other things and we don't do the things that in theory we want the most. And why is that? I mean, I think it's because we're scared. I think ultimately um, putting ourselves out there, especially, um, when other people might see us, be that working out in a class for the first time or be that starting um, some sort of new nutrition uh, pattern and worried that like our family or friends might see us fail or worried the other women at the gym might see us fail or uh, you know, who knows who it is, who you're trying to impress, but generally we're trying to impress someone and because we're trying to impress people, we're afraid to even get started on taking action. So yeah, I've been doing it too, and I'm getting started today. So that's why today we're going to talk about the power of your beliefs. The power of your beliefs. Oh, it's so important. Um, man, I feel like there was something I was going to say in between all of this. Mm, putting things off. We don't do the thing that we want to do the very most. Hmm. I don't know, but we come up with a series of excuses that are so valid. It's crazy. Like I was going to record this a couple of days ago, but Frankie, my fiance was kind of talking in the background and I could kind of hear his voice. And I'm like, eh, I'll record a different day when I can't hear his voice in the background. Or today, um, you might notice I have a little bit of a stuffed up nose and I'm like, you're sick. You don't feel very well. That's probably a good enough reason not to start your podcast today. Um, also, I ripped my contacts on this trip, which is so annoying. And um, and then Frankie gave me a really aggressive hug and kind of, I don't know whose fault it was really. I won't really blame anyone, but broke my glasses. So I'm currently wearing glasses with tape on the side of them because my contacts are ripped and I forgot to bring extras and I have glasses 
there's a thousand reasons why I could not be here right now, but I'm doing it anyway. And I would just encourage you from the very start of this podcast, that is why we're here. This is for people who are tired of not taking action on their life and they're ready to do something new and something different and start to, I I love the word momentum. They start the momentum. Things always get easier once you get started. So, you know, like a new job, for example, a new job always sucks, right? When you start it, you're like, oh my gosh, how am I going to figure out all this paperwork? How am I going to like, how am I, I don't know, coworkers going to like me, my interactions with my boss. And then somehow you go to your job every freaking day for like two years and you're like, oh, I'm so bored. This place is so boring. Well, you weren't bored two years ago when you're first getting started, you know? Um, so I think anything in life is like that. Not that you should be getting bored, but things just get easier, right? Like working out every day, eating clean on a, on a regular basis, starting a podcast, writing a book, you know, dating again, whatever it is that you're wanting to take action on, it's always the hardest to get started. And once you get started, it gets easier and you always feel better about yourself afterwards. You're like, dang, why didn't I start that forever ago? So that actually leads me into telling my story. Whew. I have shared this just a few times. And like, honestly, every time I share it, it's still scary for me to tell. Um, mostly because I think, I think that a lot of people won't understand why my story is the way that my story is. But let's just go ahead and get started. So I was raised in a very strong Christian home, which I'm very thankful for. Um, And at the same time, I always felt like I didn't fit in all that well into the community that I was in, where I felt like, I don't know, I think I was just more rebellious. I wasn't able to fit into the box. And um, at the same time, I was was teased a lot at school because I was homeschooled. for numerous years growing up. So when I went to public school, I didn't know like what a lot of the other kids knew as far as, um, you know, like sexual jokes and whatnot. And so I got teased for that a lot. And that was really hard. Um, you know, when people at the school all start to say something about you and it's getting back to you and you're like, no, no, that's not me. Um, everyone at my school called me prude. They're like, you must be the prude girl. Cause you don't know anything. You don't know the things you're supposed to know. Oh, isn't it crazy how the things that you're told as like a child, they just stand so true. So I don't know where this lie was created, but basically the lie that I created along the way of all of these different pressures in my life was that I was going to die at an early age. I believed that I was going to die in my mid-20s in a car accident. Yeah. I mean, it sounds crazy. I know. I get it. It sounds crazy when you say it out loud. And yet the few times I've shared this publicly, um, it is kind of crazy how many people have reached out to me and actually said, oh my gosh, Janelle, I thought I was going to die of cancer at a young age, or I thought I was going to um, die of some other weird you know, disease or cause at a young age. And so I think that's just a lie that um, really and truly like darkness wants us to believe in order to not plan for our future. And that's exactly what it did for me. Um, Via believing I was going to die in my mid-20s, I, it's weird to describe it now, but I really didn't plan much for the future because why would you? 
Like if you believe you're going to die and you fully believe you're going to die in the future, like in 10 years, you don't really have to make any choices for the here and now. So it's kind of a cop-out actually. I, um, I dated the same guy for six years and I actually don't think I've ever shared this one publicly. Um, I, part of the reason why I continued to not break up with him for a lot of the time was I kept thinking, well, I mean, unfortunately I'm probably going to die before I ever have to make a decision. I think that death can be a bit of a cop-out of making decisions in life. And, um, I mean, if you're listening to this and you're like, wow, this is so freaking dark. It is. It is a little dark. And yet it's the reality for a lot of people. And you'd be amazed how many clients I talk to on the phone who have actually um, had some of these dark thoughts. So I think that we should just make them a little bit more normal, a little bit more okay to talk about. Like I'm not saying they're good. I'm not encouraging dark thoughts by any means, but I am saying it needs to be discussed. I mean, we can't just not talk about this stuff and pretend like none of it's happening. So yeah, for me, I came to that conclusion. And, you know, over the years, I've been trying to figure out like, where did that actually come from? And I can really pinpoint one moment in time when I was laying underneath my bed. I had a a giant sleigh bed and I was laying in the in the very furthest corner of the sleigh bed. And I remember just holding myself in a little ball and crying. And I was probably about 13 or 14 years old. And I just felt like no one got me. I felt like no one understood what I was going through. And I think that that was around the time when I thought, you know, everyone who's treating me poorly right now, they would all miss me if I was gone. If I was gone, you know, then my parents would wish they weren't so strict with me. And if I was gone, the kids at school who were teasing me about being this innocent little Christian girl, they would feel bad about the way they were teasing me. And I think it was a way to make people miss me. So I started to picture what my funeral would be like. And I started to picture people coming to my funeral and I pictured what everyone would say. I pictured the girls who were um, mean to me telling my parents and my my really good friends, like, we loved Janelle. She was so great. Like, we really, we all got along so well. Um, and I would just picture them saying, you know, great things about me. So it really was just a way of me trying to affirm myself and me trying to be like, oh yeah, I'm so great. But at that time, I guess that that's like what I was craving, right? I was craving people to love me. I was craving love and I was craving being understood or something like that. And so, you know, I pictured my parents being like, wow, we're so sad that she passed. Like, you know, if only we had done things a little bit differently or something like that. And so really, I guess in my young teenage brain, it was kind of my way of like punishing people, which um, once again, I'm not saying any of this is good. That's, that's not the point of what I'm saying. Um, but it is my reality. And so I think that that's where the thought process came from. I remember at that young age, I did start to um, flirt with the idea of how I would kill myself. And I would be like, hmm, what would be the easiest way? You know, what would be the least painful? But then I knew that suicide wasn't a great option. I was like, that's pretty bad. Like, that's pretty brutal. I probably shouldn't do that. So I think it's somewhere along those lines where I started to very subconsciously, I mean, 
so subconscious, started to believe that I would die in a car accident in my early to mid 20s. And I think that that was somehow subconsciously created because I was wanting to die. I felt too guilty to actually take my own life. I felt pretty bad about that. So I just thought, well, that happens with nat- of natural causes. Um, and it was just a cop-out. It was a cop-out for life. And it was a cop-out to, you know, make people miss me, make people wish this and that. And it was really a victim mindset, if you really think about it. Um, it was a way of me feeling like I didn't have control. And that felt like something, you know, death feels more controllable. You can control death in some ways, you know. Um, so I I believe that life for man, a long time, like I would say all through high school and college. And it was kind of weird because it wasn't like I woke up every day thinking I'm going to be dead soon. It was kind of like this weird underlying subconscious thing that really didn't come up too often. It only came up every couple of months or something where it became very obvious that I would die soon in my mind. But um, in this like weird way, I like kept kind of going through the motions of life. Like I just kept Oh, I just kept doing stuff. Like I was like, eh, I'll just do this. I'll do that. There was really no intention or meaning. Like my life had no direction. It was basically just, let's just see where life takes me. I'm just going to float around. I'm just going to spin my wheels. I'm just going to chill till life ends. So whether you have had some sort of crazy story like this or not, like, I don't know, maybe five or 10% of listeners right now, have actually experienced what something similar to maybe what I experienced. But the other 95% or whatever, probably have not experienced that kind of like crazy, crazy depth of a lie to believe for so many years. But what I would be willing to um, imagine is that there are more listeners who mm, they've been spinning their wheels. They've been floating around and basically doing the same thing as me, just in a less morbid way, but they're just waiting for death to come. They're just letting life pass them by in a victim mentality of like wishing people liked them more or wishing they could fit into society more or wishing that they could have a better job or wishing they could have a better relationship, wishing for all these things, but not taking action on any of those things because ultimately you're just like, eh, it's just life. Do-do-do. I'll just live for today and not think about the future. I won't plan for anything. I won't set big dreams for myself. I won't set big goals because, man, that would be scary, right? Imagine if you set big dreams and big goals for yourself and they don't come true. Yeah, that would be awful. So better to set really low expectations for life. That's what I used to think. I used to think it would be better to set low expectations or no expectations at all, no goals, no dreams, and just kind of see what happens. Wake up every day and just see what happens. And I'm here to say right now that that's, that's actually not the right way to live. And it wasn't until I was about, um, well, let's see, it was right around graduation, graduating college. Um, I was probably about 22 years old. I had some mentors in my life. And I had only shared this, this lie with about two people. And the two people I shared it with were both, well, the first person was pretty freaked out and was like, oh, my gosh. You're going to, you think you're going to die? Like, don't say that. That's weird. That's scary. Like, don't ever say that. Don't think that. Don't do that. I'm like, okay, don't, don't. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So shove it down a little bit deeper. Don't tell people. 
the second person I told actually was like, wow, we had a family friend growing up who thought that same thing. And you know what? He did die in a car accident. So I was like, okay, cool. So I guess that probably means I will too. If, if he believed it and then it happened to him, then if I believe it, it's going to happen to me. I don't know the story of that gentleman, but I do believe in something called self-fulfilling prophecies. And I believe that if you think that something's going to happen to you, it's probably going to happen to you. I mean, I don't know how deeply to like what extent I believe this, but I do believe that most likely if you think you're going to get cancer and you're constantly obsessed with like, oh my gosh, am I getting cancer? Am I getting cancer? You might get cancer one day because it's a self-fulfilling prophecy to constantly worry about cancer. And I almost wonder if there's a part of me, if I just continue to believe I'm going to die in a car accident, I'm going to die in a car accident, I'm going to die in a car accident. I mean, when I would drive more often than not, as I was driving, I would picture myself just like, like a car randomly hitting me head on or me like randomly losing control and like flipping over like a bridge. And there's a part of me that wonders if I constantly was driving with that crazy fear in my mind of like, is this the day? I wonder if it would have come true. I wonder if it would have become a self-fulfilling prophecy because I was so focused on it. Even if it was like focusing on it not happening, right? Like, no, I don't want it today. I don't want it to be today. Not today. Not today. There's a part of me that believes that if I just continue to focus on it, something might have happened. And I truly believe that that's the power of your mind. If you are always focusing on something bad happening, even if it's on a micro level, if you think people are like mean to you or that no one likes you and you're going about your day every single day thinking, oh, I, does that person hate me? And you're always thinking people hate you or don't like you or that you're, you know, blah, 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 blah it's probably going to start to feel true because you are actually attracting that kind of thing. And that doesn't, it's not some hippie stuff. It's like human psychology. If you're roaming around acting like a victim and acting all sheepish or like head down, eyes on the ground, shoulders, you know, kind of slumped, it's not that it's not that it's some random thing. It's like people are looking at you and you're assuming the role. Assuming the role, you're assuming the role of someone who is unlovable or you're assuming the role of someone who's not powerful. So you act like it and therefore people treat you like that. You train people how to treat you after all. So getting back to my story, um, where are we? Man, this has been a deep one. I'd like to be laughing a little bit right now. <laughs> okay, well, better luck next time. Um, Okay, so I go to these mentors' houses, and they're like the third, it's a couple, the third and fourth people that I've told. And I'm like really scared to tell them, right? Because the last two reactions didn't go so well. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to tell like maybe one more person, but like I don't really want to tell too many people because it's just like kind of freaky. And they'll find out soon enough when I actually die. Um, so I tell this, this couple who are my mentors, and this was actually crazy. Um, my mentor, Kevin, the husband, he was like, oh my gosh. He's like, do you picture who comes to your funeral? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, do you picture what they say to you? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, do you picture being like a packed funeral? Like everyone's there because they all miss you so much. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, dang, how does this guy know all this? And he's like, I used to have that too. I'm like, wait, what? You, you used to have that too? He's like, yeah. And you want to know something else? That's a lie. That's a straight up lie that you're believing and you're holding on to. 
because God has greatness for you. God has something huge in store for your life. And because I believe in a world that has darkness and lightness, I believe that darkness wants to pull you down so you don't plan for your future. Whoa. So that I don't plan for my future. That's 100% what I was doing. I was so convinced that I was going to die, I wasn't even planning for my future. I didn't feel like there was a need to plan for my future because I was literally like so convinced I was going to die. I was just waiting for it. So that's the power of me too right there. So anytime someone shares something with me or you know with you or anything like that, we we get to be the type of people who say, "Oh my gosh, I'm struggling with that too." Or me too, right? Because it immediately makes things feel better when a you bring lies out into the light and B, someone actually says, oh my gosh, I've struggled with that too. You're like, wait, I'm not alone. Even in our craziest thoughts and even in our craziest, craziest moments, someone else has been there. Someone else has felt what we felt. And telling someone who's trusted like I did that day honestly changed my life. Because when you hold on to a lie and you let it just fester inside of you, deep, deep inside of you, the lie just grows. The lie grows inside of you and it plants as truth. But when you bring the lie out into the light and you tell someone who's trusted, who loves you, who's there to like point you in the right direction, man, it's huge. It's huge. It changes your life. And so that day, my mentors, they prayed for me and I walked away from talking with them. I kid you not. I no longer believed that lie. Period. I no longer believed it. I was like, dang, I am meant for greatness. God does not make mistakes. He did not create my entire life just to try to take it away. I don't need to plan for my death every day. Yeah. So you know what that did for me? Boom. It had me start living my actual life. If I was allowed to live my life, I'm like, dang, if I can live my life, that means I can plan. That means I can dream. I can like, I don't even, I I don't even know like the options in that, in that moment. And honestly, still to this day began to feel limitless. I had been planning for my death for so long that I became propelled in the opposite direction where I began to plan for my life. Are you ready for change, but not sure which direction to go or how to get there? I feel you, I've been there before. Whether you're trying to change your body, your career, or your relationships, it all starts with believing that you are worthy and your life has a purpose worth pursuing. So if you want support in up-leveling your mindset and taking action on your life, I would love to support you. Apply for my one-on-one coaching program by clicking the link on my Instagram bio or going to my website at JanelleLene.com. I cannot wait to talk to you. So one of the first things I did not long after that is I ended up leaving the guy that I was in a relationship with for six years. Um, He was a great guy really great guy, but 
we just, we really weren't all that compatible and we weren't good together, but I just kept staying in it and staying in it because it was, it was mediocre. And almost everything in my life at that time was so mediocre. Mediocre. It was just fine. Nothing bad, nothing good, just chilling. But that's no way to live your life. I believe in a life that's so much bigger than that. And whenever anything is mediocre now, I make it my personal goal to either step away from it completely or to actually make the change that needs to happen. So yeah, I mean, mediocrity? No, we don't have time for that. I love something that Rachel Hollis says, and that's, it's either a hell yes or a no thank you. And that's how we should live our life. That's how we should live our relationships with our significant others, with our family, with our friends. That's how we should live our life with um, our career. Every, every decision we're making in life, it's like putting energy, the areas you want to put energy, and then don't put energy in things or even people that aren't worth your time and energy. And I don't mean that in like a mean, condescending way. But there are people that you may be hanging around that aren't the type of people who deserve your energy and you're getting depleted by being around them. Walk away. So yeah, that was one of the first things I did was I walked away from a six-year relationship where I swear people were like asking us all the time, when are you getting married? When, when's the ring coming? When's this? And every single time I was like, well, let's just talk about that later. Let's just put that off. Let's just put that off a little longer. What does that mean? If I'm trying to put something off and put something off and put something off, something that's supposed to be like really good, um, I mean, you would think that's something you'd be excited about. So, and, and now I am, right? Because I'm with the right person. So I'm extremely excited now because I'm getting married in three months. Yay, can't wait. Um, and that's because I began planning for my entire life. I started to ask myself, what do I like to do? What am I passionate about? What are my skills? What are my gifts? Like, what was I created with? And I think these are just such um, important questions to be asking ourselves instead of just working in the job we've always worked or doing the things we've always done, living the places we've always lived. It's okay to jump outside the box. It's okay to get uncomfortable. It's okay to take leaps of faith that scare you crapless. Yes, that is a word that I just made up <laughs> because I'm not going to cuss on this podcast, but it should scare you crapless and you should be taking risks all the time, literally all the time. Every single day, every single week, there should be some risky things happening in your life. If you are playing it safe every single day, I would just probably presume that your life is not growing and going to big places the way you want it to. So if you're tired of the mediocrity, 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 I don't know, whatever word that is there. If you're tired of that, then why don't you just take a step into something really scary and take a huge leap of faith? That's what I would tell you to do. So let's see, where do we go from here? Oh yeah, back to the story. So broke up with that, with that guy, once again, reiteration, great guy, not the right person for me. Um, if you're in that situation right now, walk away. 
just because you've been in a relationship for many years with someone, especially if you're not even married yet, time to walk away if, if things aren't, you know, moving in the right direction or if they're stagnant. Um, then I, I ended up getting a really cool job at a software company for two years in Fort Collins. But while I was working there, I even started to ask myself the bigger questions of like, what is my dream job? How many of you have actually asked yourself that? What is your dream job? Are you doing it? If the answer is no, what are you doing? Seriously, what are you doing? If you're not living your dream job, your dream life. And maybe that looks like, you know, if, if, if like finances is a problem, maybe that means doing like a part-time gig that's paying more money and then a part-time gig that's um, your passion or something like that. If you, if you currently aren't able to make money off your passion right away. But I would venture to say that anyone can make money off of their passion, no matter what it is. We were just talking about um, Barstool yesterday at the brewery I was at. If you don't know what Barstool is, it's fine because I hardly know what Barstool is. But basically, it's like a guy who I think like makes fun of sports or something like that. And he started an Instagram off of it. And now I guess he's like not even let in into like, I think like NFL games and stuff like that because he's... Uh, I, I guess just makes fun of everything so much. But anyway, he has made a huge Instagram following. If you'd like to check it out, it's probably like at Barstool. And he has like this huge fan base and therefore making a lot of money and has this huge name that people sit around at breweries and talk about him like we were yesterday for like 20 minutes. This guy's famous because he like makes fun of sports. Okay, so if he can do that, I'm pretty sure you could probably do your dream job too. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if that really translated all that well, but it felt like a good idea at the time. Um, so yeah, soon after that, I moved to California because I had always wanted to move to the beach. I was always like, I'm going to move to Australia or I'm going to move to California. Or, like, I just always wanted to move somewhere with water. And honestly, guys, I kept waiting to meet a guy. Like even after I ended things with the with the six-year relationship, I still in my mindset while living in Colorado, I was living in Fort Collins at this time, I was like, hmm, well, I can move to California, but like not until I meet someone to go with me. I mean, I was even at that point trying to convince like my brother and like one of my other best friends. I was like, who will go to California with me? Like I was 22, 23, 24. It's like, no, you can go by yourself. You don't need a man to go do the things that you want to do. And that's another thing my mentors told me. They were like, Janelle, like you can't just wait for a guy to do all the things you want to do. Cause I had this like long bucket list. And I was like, I don't want to do the bucket list till I meet my guy. Man, that's really annoying. It's really annoying that like society tells us like, I swear I'm not the only woman who's had that because I've met numerous women who say the exact same thing of like, I don't want to start on all these awesome life adventures until I meet my person. And the reality is go live your life, go do those adventures and then look beside you. See what other people are out there living adventures and living their best life. What other guys are there? You'll find your guy along the way. Oh, that was the best advice I ever got. And maybe some of the best advice I ever gave. You're welcome. 
Um, so go live your life, go on those adventures, go on those trips, knock off those fun little things off your bucket list. The guy will show up eventually. Your person will arrive, but you're more likely to find them while you're on your, all your adventures than you are to find them sitting on your butt at home watching Netflix reruns. So I moved to California. I was 24. It was three years ago. I didn't know a single soul um, in that city. Actually, I guess it's a somewhat lie. Holly, shout out to you. I knew a gal who was like a friend of a friend from college who lived there and we hung out one time. Okay. I feel like my conscience is clear. Conscience is clear. So I met some roommates online. I didn't have a job when I got out there. I think I had about $4,000 of savings in my mind. I was like, yeah, that's like two months of rent. I'll be fine. Not two months of, of living expenses in San Diego. But, um, I went there and then I ended up honestly getting three jobs, three jobs. I would, okay. Anyway, I don't know if I need to tell the story. I got three jobs because I was in pursuit of my dream and my dream was to start some sort of a company where I could help women gain confidence from the inside out. Even at that time I was becoming a personal trainer, but I knew I wanted to help women specifically not only change their bodies, but change their minds. Because I experienced so fully the power of belief and what that does for your life. When you start to believe that you are capable and you begin to believe that your life is worth living, when you have that shift in your mindset, I kid you not, you don't have to make as many like game plans or you don't have to like, you just take action. You just do because you believe it. Your beliefs lead to your thoughts. Your thoughts lead to your actions and your actions lead to your results. So let me just say that on like a more practical scale. If your belief deep down is I'm not worthy of living on this planet or maybe even a little bit more normal, I'm not worth much outside of being a caretaker. I take care of my friends and my family. That's where my worth comes from. Okay, so that's the belief. So your thoughts are all wrapped around, how can I serve everyone else all the time and not really, like your thoughts are never on you because you don't really believe that you're worth anything. Your worth is only defined by other people's happiness or other people's, um, yeah, I guess just like, loving on you. You only believe you're worthy if you're being loved by others. Okay. So that's your thoughts. Your thoughts are wrapped around, how can I help that person? How can I help that person? And, and it's not that that's bad in and of itself to want to help people. Obviously it's great. But when your self-worth comes from a place of like, I am only worthy when I give myself away, that is where your problem comes from. So your actions then look like constantly bringing friends, you know, they have got, went through a breakup, you drop everything you're doing and you get over to their office and you drop off cupcakes and flowers. And then, you know, your aunt lands at the airport and last minute hits you up and needs you to come pick her up. So you drop everything, you go pick her up and you're just constantly doing everything for everyone else, but you never take any time for yourself. So what are your results? Well, generally your results for the people that I've learned that are just 
in this constant mode of people pleasing everyone else, um, they generally end up very depressed and very unhappy with their own life because they're doing all these things for other people, but generally people don't always give that back, which is fine because you shouldn't be doing it out of expectation, but many people do do it out of expectation. So you're constantly giving, 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 giving. And if you can picture like a big cup of water that just keeps getting sloshed all the way around, all around, all around, all around. And all of a sudden, all the water is just gone out of this cup. And then you keep, people keep trying to get water from you and you keep getting sloshed around, but you have no water left to give. You are giving from an empty cup. And then generally those people become fairly bitter and upset and like, they're mad at their friends because they feel like they did everything for their friends, but their friends didn't do as much for them or they didn't pull through the way they wanted them to pull through as a friend. So let's take that same person. So their beliefs are still wrapped around their unworthiness, right? right? Beliefs lead to thoughts, leads to actions, leads to results. So that same person has a weight problem, right? Let's say this woman is overweight. So because her worthiness is wrapped around everyone else's happiness, she maybe was planning on going to that workout because she really wants to lose this weight. But then that, that thing happened where that person needed her. So she dropped everything again and again and again and again. And basically, she just keeps putting herself in last place and puts everyone else in first place 24-7. And so that's why you know her, her beliefs are saying that, her thoughts are saying that, her actions are saying that, and therefore her actions aren't you know, eating healthy or taking time for herself at the gym and not making herself a priority. And the result, the end result of all that, she continues to be overweight. She continues to struggle with, with, um, you know, whatever, like however bad the weight problem is and the struggles that go along with that. It's like, yeah, unfortunately, because everyone else matters more than you, that's why the weight is there. It's not because you're not trying the best diet or you're not doing the best workout it's because you're not consistently showing up for yourself. And that truth sucks. So look at your belief patterns. Look at what you believe about yourself to be true. Do you believe that you're lovable? Do you believe that you're worth living on this planet? Do you believe that you're smart? that you're capable, that you can do anything, you can figure anything out that you want to figure out. If you believe these things to be true about yourself, I am worthy, I am smart, I am lovable, I am capable of doing anything I put my mind to. If you truly believe those things, then your thoughts will be shaped by those beliefs, your actions will be shaped by those things, and your results will be shaped by those things. And that's how I started my own company from all of this because I believe so fully in teaching men and women about the power of their belief system because I obviously had a very poor belief system. I believed in death. I believed in victim. I believed in not planning for the future. And my results showed that in every area of my life because everything was mediocre around me. And when I switched my belief system to my life is worth living, I am free to dream, I'm allowed to do big things, I am smart and I am capable, 
everything around me changed. The people I hung around, the, the location I got myself into an environment I wanted to be in. I created newness. I started pursuing a career that was my dream career now that I knew that I was capable of it. And that's what I want for you too. I want you to believe so fully in whatever it is that you want. Your story is not going to be the same as my story. And that's perfectly amazing because we wouldn't want to all have the same story or this world would be boring. But whatever it is that you want, whether you want to have this dream career, whether you want an amazing relationship or marriage, um, if you want to have great friendships with your, with your gal pals or your guy pals, if you want heck, to have a better relationship with your family, I mean, that's huge. A lot of people really crave that. They really crave to be close with their mom, dad, and their siblings. If you crave to be a stay-at-home mom, if you crave to have children, if you crave to have Heck, I shouldn't have even forgotten this. The strongest faith in the world. Whatever it is that you're wanting, I give you permission to want it. I give you permission to believe that it's possible to have it and to not feel guilty about wanting something bigger than what you currently have. If you have a dream set inside of you, it's because God put it there. Your creator put that dream inside of you, so don't feel guilty about your dream for a second. Especially when your dream is wrapped around helping others or shouldn't feel guilty for wanting something bigger out of your life. Not one bit. So release that. Allow yourself to be okay with the big dreams you have and believe that you're capable. And the rest of the actions will start to fall in place. Okay. So the last thing I want to leave you with here is one, your action steps. I truly believe that it's very important that you write out your list of lies. Write out your list of lies around relationships. Write out your lies around your health and your fitness. Write out the lies around what you're capable of in your job. Write out your lies around money. Every lie that comes to mind, I want you to write every single one out on a piece of paper. I mean it. Do not listen to this podcast. If you are still listening, do not get done with this podcast and not do this. Write out the lies. And the more you write out, the more weird things are going to pop up that you didn't even realize you believed. Some of them are like lies around money. Rich people are bad people. Lies around what you're capable of in your job. I'm not that smart. So the job I have right now makes sense for me. Lies around fitness. Well, my grandma was overweight and my mom was overweight. So therefore I will also always be overweight. That's, it's just our family genetics. Lies. We have so many lies. Lies around relationships. I'm never going to be in a happy, healthy marriage. I'm never going to meet a person who I'm compatible with. We believe so many lies. Write out your lies. And underneath each lie, I want you to leave a space. And in that space, I want you to write the truth. Now, the truth is not hard to find. It's generally the opposite of the lie. So, you know, like the genetics one. Genetics. Um... Just because my family has struggled with weight doesn't mean that I have to. 
I am in control of my weight and my lifestyle. I can get healthy as long as I work consistently at eating healthy and moving my body, right? That's the truth. So the truth is just the opposite. Maybe the money one, right? Like rich people are bad people. There are good people and bad people everywhere you go. Money only heightens and makes you more of who you already are. I'm a good person. So if I make more money, I will help more people with my money. Whatever it is, write out the truth. So write out your list of lies, leave a space in between each one, and write the truth underneath each one. And then I want you to take a, 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 the pen and cross out the lie. And then I just want you to repeat the truth. Go through and just look at the truth. Repeat the truth after you've crossed out all your lies. I want you to know that if someone else has done it, then you can also do it. So anything that you see someone else doing, if that's your dream job or your dream situation, if it's been done, it's capable for you too. And the last little nugget I'm going to leave you with is slow and steady wins the race. So don't sit around and not take action. And also don't take so much action that you're like burnt out and like, oh my gosh, I'm exhausted. Slow and steady wins the race. One of my other favorite quotes is, slow is smooth and smooth is fast. Make time every day for your beliefs. Come do that first. Start journaling every, every morning. Work on your mindset. The rest is going to fall in place. Your career, your relationships, your, your body, your money, whatever it is. It will all come in place as long as your belief system is in the right place. Thank you guys so much for listening to my first ever podcast. Such a blessing to be here with you today. I, I hope this one's good. I know that I will continue to grow and I'll continue to get better at this. For those of you listening, I seriously want to thank you for taking this time out of your day to listen. And I look forward to hearing from you about breakthroughs or um, just anything that you took away from this. I truly hope that um, my story can help you feel just the freedom to share your story, no matter how quote unquote crazy it is, no matter what it is. I just, I really do pray that this podcast right here impacts your life in some way so that you can go impact someone else's life and pass that baton forward. Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.